0: hello and welcome to the art of community podcast i'm ben cotton and i am flying solo today normally i'm joined by my wonderful wife heather who usually right now says hello <laughs> but she's not here so thanks for joining us as we explore the joys and pains of meaningful life together this is episode 10 so yeah heather can't be with me so look i know that's sad for you uh, it's sad for me and i would totally understand if right now you just skip to the next episode <laughs> No, don't. It'll be good. And I'll be lively as much as lively as I can be without her here to provoke me. And I'll be shorter, I'm sure. But uh, I want to respond to a question we've gotten multiple times uh, in response to some other episodes, which is how to deal with how to handle challenging people. And specifically, I'm thinking about you know if you're investing in community in your life you're also going to attract people that are maybe you don't jive with easily okay doesn't mean you can't ever jive with them <laughs> it's just it's not easier some people are harder than others um some people are more challenging other than others some people bust your boundaries more readily than others so i'm going to talk about that how to navigate those things a little bit And uh, so that you can have a richer community for it. So welcome to episode 10. So speaking of vacation, by the way, we will be gone over the next two weeks with no new episodes. I know we should. It just makes me want to cry, right? I know you're just there's going to be rioting in the streets without two two episodes missing. They won't be missing. We'll just do them later. But we'll be back. We promise in two weeks with more episodes, more content, more content when we get back. But that's that's why you won't hear from us next week and the week after. So I alluded to something in one of our earliest episodes that I said that some of the coolest people that I know make the worst first impression i think that is a a pretty much a universal truth um but it's just and the reason for that is some people are just socially awkward it doesn't make them bad people and that's one of the core things i want to get across in this episode which is we need to learn the difference between a lot of things one of the things we need to learn the difference between is that Just because someone doesn't necessarily have refined social skills doesn't make them someone not worth getting to know. And that's a big assumption people make, um, which goes back to that first impression thing. But um, when I talk about challenging people, that's really who I'm I'm thinking about, okay? Uh, It should be said I'm not talking about people that are abusive or repetitively untrustworthy or gossips, for example. People who are otherwise just bad for you, bad for your soul, bad for your spiritual Um, life—people that take advantage, knowingly take advantage of you—those are people you just need to shuttle out of your life. Okay, so I'm not talking about that. I do think, though, we throw the label around toxic people—that that that quote-unquote toxic people—a little too easily, and we label people toxic when maybe they just rub us the wrong way, but they're not like evil, wicked people, okay? There are evil, wicked people out there. There are people that take advantage of others that really have no excuse. People that, you know, gossip is one, gossipers, slanderers, uh, people who are dishonest. Uh, those sorts of things. Yeah, get those people out of, your, out of your life, okay? I'm not talking about those people when I talk about challenging people. I'm talking about good people that for one reason or another need some extra care, or maybe they find it very difficult to make friends or to keep friends. Okay. Those are the the people I'm talking about. Often these people are boundary busters. They may not pick up on your subtle cues about your boundaries very easily. You think you're communicating your boundaries, but you're being too subtle. Uh, They may not realize they're busting them at all. They may not realize they're doing it at all. Quite often that's been the case in my life. Um, They may also be emotionally needy, socially oblivious to your hints. They may be uh, just a personality type that doesn't easily mesh well with yours. Okay. And so things that you think you're communicating, you aren't. And things that maybe they should be picking up on, they're not okay those are the sorts of people i'm thinking about when i say challenging people and i want to make that distinction clear cuz i i don't want anyone to think that i'm i'm promoting like keeping people in your life that are damaging you in some way okay uh, especially abusive people okay that that's that's really a different category all right so uh, i've got like a list of i don't know eight things i've thought of that might help you with this because ev- if you're engaging in community relationships, trying to build like a robust um, life of relationships, you're going to end up encountering these kinds of people. Okay, and I find that most people, unless you're in some kind of, you know, p- position of of leadership in a church or a boss uh, in, in a business, or some other thing where you're sort of required to kind of stay connected to people. You most people actually don't bother with this at all, and I think it's a real shame, okay? Um so he, here's a few things. One, know the difference between a challenging person and a toxic person. Just because they make you uncomfortable or don't easily recognize your boundaries doesn't make them toxic, okay? The boundary one I think is especially important. Just because someone doesn't recognize your boundaries And bust them sometimes doesn't make them a bad person. Doesn't make them somebody you should get out of your life. You need to learn the difference. Number two, recognize that not all relationships are balanced in both directions. This is huge. Some relationships will be more give than take in your life. And that's okay. That's actually normal. Okay, it's not just okay. It's actually normal. Remember that Jesus did not have one relationship in his life that was actually balanced, except for his relationship with the Father and with the Spirit. Everyone else in Jesus's life, the relationship was eternally unbalanced. And so we shouldn't find it weird if most of the relationships in our life, in fact, are unbalanced. If it's more give than take. Okay, you can't go around defining. Your friends and your relationships in your kind of sub community in your life based on the ones that are perfectly balanced, where there's the give and take is equal. And then you have nothing else where there's no unbalanced relationships. I don't think that's healthy. Uh, It's certainly not Christ like. Okay. Three, all relationships can fluctuate from time to time, from time to time, to season to season. Okay. Meaning, You may have a relationship that begins very unbalanced. Somebody's in a hard place, maybe. Um, You don't know each other well. You're in a different stage in life or whatever it is, and it's not very balanced. You're giving a lot and they're kind of taking a lot. And then over time, they might grow and change, or you might grow and change, and it becomes more balanced over time. It could also be that you have a very balanced, kind of equal friendship, and then they go through a season where they have a really terrible struggle. Maybe they've got a health problem or a mental health issue. Maybe they go through a difficult you know, breakup or divorce or whatever, and there's a long season where all of a sudden what used to be balanced is now unbalanced. Okay, that's normal. If there are no or few unbalanced relationships in your life, you're doing it wrong. Okay that's the difficult news in this episode which is i am going to be i'm I'm pushing for more unbalanced more give than take relationships in your life you if if there are none then you're not living a life following the pattern of jesus christ okay there's something wrong in the way that you view maybe your time or your community or something okay Um, maybe it's this big signal that there's some kind of selfishness that's crept its way into your perspective on your relationships. Okay. So guard your heart against feeling superior to people that are needier than you in some way. This is the danger in even talking about this. It's one of the reasons I've kind of hesitated to even do this episode. It's because I I don't want people, you in particular to start going around like making people your project Uh, that kind of being condescending, maybe not meaning to be, but being condescending. And here's the thing. Condescension is a form of pride. It's not love. It's really the opposite of love. Okay. But quite often Christians have this, we have this bad reputation for being kind of condescending. Well, I'm going to go feed the poor, but you do it in this kind of condescending way this us versus them way that looks down the nose at someone while you give them a couple bucks. Right. And, and it makes you feel good. It makes them feel lower. And that's not love. It may look like it from a distance, but in your heart, it's not love. It's condescension. It's pride. And so I'm not, we need to guard ourselves against that. And it's a huge temptation in this dynamic where it, You have people in your life that you sort of look down on and you condescend to them. So you invite them into your life in a condescending way instead of in a humble way, in a truly loving way. And it hurts people. And so as I'm talking about this and pushing you to open up your life more to people that are harder for you to connect with, I want to also warn you against this temptation to be condescending. Okay. Even Jesus, who condescended the most to be among us, to come in the form of a man, was, was also humble. He was never prideful. He, he's the one that got down on his knees and washed the disciples' feet. Um, and so this is the our, should be our attitude in this too, okay? Don't make people your project. You're not better than anybody. Just because somebody doesn't have your social skills Doesn't mean they don't have something to offer you and you don't have something to learn from them. Okay. One great example of this in the Bible is Peter. Peter was socially awkward. He was extremely socially awkward. He had a terrible bout with foot and mouth disease. I mean, it was embarrassing. He was constantly, even after he got better and you know, Jesus had ascended, and he was a leader, like the leader in the church, really, in, in a sense, Peter was. He was still being kind of a jerk sometimes and, not, and speaking before he thought. And he was, he was a socially awkward guy, it seems like, anyway, to the end. But this is the guy that Jesus called to be the rock in the church. Okay? I mean Peter, without Peter, Peter preached the first sermon in the New Testament in the New Testament church at, at Pentecost. Peter was the guy who stood up and preached the first sermon and saw thousands of people come to Christ. He was the most socially awkward guy in that group, and so I just want to challenge you like to, to think biblically about these relationships in your life um, So uh, another just kind of practical tip is if someone is blunt with you, this has been my experience uh, many times. If someone's blunt with you when they're not angry, okay, I'm not talking about when somebody gets mad and says something to you. I'm just talking about somebody who's blunt when they're not angry. That's a good, that usually means that you need to be equally blunt in order to communicate with them. This is quite often the thing that probably turns you off the most is that you feel like somebody's ignoring your boundaries and being saying inappropriate things or encroaching on your time in an in a, uh, inappropriate way or whatever it is, and you get mad at them and quit connecting with them. Usually, it's, you're actually not communicating when you, when you thought you were. And pr- usually, it's, it's that you weren't clear enough. You weren't blunt enough. You're being super nice, and they're missing the... <laughs> They're completely missing your signals. You think you're being clear, but you're not. And one of the signs of that is if somebody's really blunt with you in the way they talk to you, and you're like, "Man, why is he talking to me that way? Is he mad?" And you realize he's not mad. Well, what it is is you need to talk to them that way too. Like you need to be more blunt than you're used to being. Um, you're not being mean. You're just trying to communicate, right? Um. So if you can build trust in your relationships, you will be able to help them with the things that hurt them in their relationships. Okay. So if you build a relationship with somebody that has some of these kind of social awkward things that maybe irritate you, but you get over it, you're loving towards them. You invite them into your life. You build trust with them. Then you can actually help them with this stuff. Like, are you somebody that talks too much? Wouldn't it be great if some you had somebody that you trusted in your life that you could talk about it with and they could give you signals and like, you know, kick you under the table when you're talking too much? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't you like that in your life? Um, Do, do you, are you a boundary buster? <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to have some friendships in your life that w- where people would tell you when you're busting boundaries and not paying attention to the, 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 social cues that people are saying, it would be fantastic if you were one of those people. And so maybe you could be that for somebody instead of just getting irritated and never calling them again. So Jesus called the people at the fringes into the center of what he was doing, and he pushed the the so-called cool kids from the center of the culture out. This is what he means when he says in the kingdom of God, the last will be first and the first will be last. It means that the cool kids, the first, are going to be last. And the nerds and the dweebs, (laughs) the socially awkward, the ones who are last, he will make first. And if you look at the people he called into his inner circle, the 12 disciples, all of them to one degree or another, were at the fringes, and he called them in. These are the people that didn't get invited to the parties. And so if you're one of the cool kids, you need to feel the heat of that that statement. And you need to be one of the cool kids that is not really one of the cool kids. It's someone who invites those who are last to be first. Be one of those people. And so consider, I just want to invite you to consider who you invite into your life? Is it just the people that you easily relate to? Is it just the people that you easily connect with? Is it just the people who make you the most comfortable? Or do you have some people in your life that you have invited into your life that make you uncomfortable, that maybe don't have the social skills you have, that maybe don't have the same interests as you, where the relationship might not be as balanced as you wish it was? And if you don't have people in your life like that, ask yourself the question, are you, are you following the pattern of Christ or are you just doing what's, most, what's easiest for you? This is part of the impact and power of community. It's not just about building yourself up. It's a way to draw the last in, right? To draw the, the outsiders to the inside of what God's doing. And it's a way for you to learn to learn from other people that aren't like you. Because here's what I found in my life is that the people who the most awkward, the most different from everyone else, those are the people I've learned the most from in my life, the people who are unique and different and kind of walk to their own drum. And maybe other people don't uh, connect with as easily. They're kind of loners. They tend to only have one or two good friends, but those one or two good friends last a lifetime. And I want to be friends with those people. And so I want to encourage you um, to consider this, to look at your circle of friends and ask yourself some hard questions, Um, to not just um, have friends, be friends with people that are like you. Thanks for hanging out thanks for listening i know this was not as great as when heather's here but uh, she'll be back next time we're off to vacation and uh, i hope you guys have a great couple of weeks and we will see you next time